Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. doing that, but we do want to make you aware that uh, if you've never used our online giving service, it's a great way to give. A lot of folks that attend on a regular basis, even though we have ushers that go through the uh, sanctuary when we're in service, they choose to use the online, and it's a great way to give. And so you can take advantage of that right there on our website, and it's a great way to uh, to support and, and give to, to what God is doing here at Passion. Well, last week, if you were with us uh, in person or online, you know we started a series called Expecting. It's our uh, Christmas uh, series, and we've been talking about the Christmas narrative, and we said this, the Christmas narrative is full of uh, expectancy. And so we began a series called Expecting. Uh, The obvious choice to talk about when you start talking about expecting, of course, is Mary, but we've been kind of going a different direction Uh, looking at some of the other uh, folks in the narrative that we're expecting. What I want to do this morning is I want to back up a little bit because before Mary ever received word from the angel that she was pregnant and before Jesus ever arrived on the scene, if you start reading Scripture, you recognize that there was a spirit of expectation already there. Before Mary was chosen, before Jesus uh, breaks onto the scene, the entire nation of Israel was expecting a Messiah. They were collectively holding their breath, if you will, waiting for the one, for that one day, that someday we're waiting, they're expecting, waiting on their Messiah. But most of them were so consumed with their daily life that we recognize that they didn't recognize that Jesus was the answer to their expectation. In fact, Scripture makes it very clear that they were so consumed with life that when the Messiah, when Jesus arrived on the scene, that most of them had no idea that anything had happened. In fact, uh, Scripture says it like this, that they missed it so badly that the writer says it like this, that Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. They didn't perceive the expected one in their midst. And so there were several, you know the account, who through an extraordinary star, uh, through, through angelic choirs, they come to recognize that Jesus was in fact on the scene and that their prayers had been answered. But what I want to do this morning is I want to drop back and look at one who received no special sign. I want to look at somebody that had no supernatural heavenly display or any angelic message that came to them, but they still had perception enough to recognize that Jesus had arrived. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. It's the account that... uh, precedes Jesus' birth. It's Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. We're going to read through verse 32, but listen carefully and see what we can learn about being expectant this morning. It says, Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up. Now Jesus has been born, and they're taking him up now. They take him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as was commanded in God's law. Every male who opens a womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. Then it says this, In Jerusalem at the time there was a man, Simeon by name, 
a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Another version says like this, says like this. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Then it goes on and it says, and the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. And led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. A God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. The text suggests that uh, Simeon was perhaps an officiating priest there in the temple. However, if that's not the case, if he wasn't, the, the alternative version that I read to you makes it very clear that he was devout, which means that on a regular systematic basis, he would frequent the temple and spend his time there. And so now we pick up the story where Simeon is growing older. Day by day, time is going by, and he, he, he is getting older. And he has received a prophetic word from the Lord that before he dies, he would literally face-to-face see the, the promised one, the Messiah, with his own eyes. And this is the one and only mention that you can find in the entirety of Scripture about Simeon and the one glimpse we see of Simeon we see that Simeon is living in the fulfillment of his promise he was promised that he would see the Messiah now on this day he walks into the temple and comes face to face with that promise he sees Jesus with his own eyes and although there was no indication there's no indication given in scripture as to when Simeon received the initial word that he would not die before he saw the Messiah I would suggest to you this morning that you can't help but read and feel that in, in his statements that there was significant time that had passed from the moment that he received the promise until the moment that the promise is fulfilled. Because when you read and, and, and place yourself in the story, you hear the relief in his prayer as he's saying, Now God, finally, after all this time, I received this promise so long ago, but now God, you can release me and I can die in peace because your promise has been fulfilled. And so you can insert, without taking much license with the text, you can, you can almost feel the relief go out of him as, as he says, finally. It's happened, and so here's a man that has seen pages on the calendar turned over and over again, waiting on the promise, and finally the promise is fulfilled. Well, uh, in this Christmas season, against the backdrop of uh, an expecting, expecting Simeon, we want to talk about some aspects of what we do with expectation. Last week, we dealt with the account, and we kind of tapped into what Joseph was feeling, and we talked about what do you do with, when you have an expectation that is met in a way that doesn't line up with what you expected. Uh, uh, you, you had, you've placed your own plans in place, and then all of a sudden, the plans are fulfilled, but it's, it's a different way. You didn't expect it this way, and Joseph spoke to us about how we deal with that. So this morning, I think what Simeon helps us with is this. What do you do when you have a promise 
when you are expecting a miracle, when you need an answer, when, you are, when, when you've, you've been given a promise and the fulfillment of that promise seems to, to be delayed, when time is passing, when calendar pages are turning and your promise doesn't seem to be coming to pass, what do you do when you're in a moment like that? Well, Simeon teaches us some things that I think we need to learn. I think the first thing that he teaches us is that even when time passes, we must remain sensitive. So many of us allow time to cause us to give up. When days pass and months go by and years are marked off, we begin to lose hope and expectancy so that when the promise does arrive or we could have been positioned for an answer, we miss it or we are missing at that moment because we lose our sensitivity because time passes. Simeon lived in expectancy. How many babies had Simeon held in hope? How many babies had Simeon run to examine? And yet, even though time had ticked by and other babies had come through, even though they had disappointed him time and time and time again, he was still sensitive enough that when he needed to see and when he needed to perceive, he did. He did. My question is, what would have happened had he allowed time to discourage him? Time would have stolen his promise. He would have gone from one mention in Scripture to no mention in Scripture. He would have been AWOL at his moment. He would have been missing at the moment of fulfillment and promise. He would have missed the Messiah. And what I want to say to you is this, is we must be aware because time tames expectation. If we're not careful, waiting wears on expectation. If we're not careful to remain sensitive, then the calendar can cancel our expectation. And we come to this moment after months go by and years go by when God is about to step in and fulfill His promises. But because we've allowed time to wear on us, we give up and we throw in the towel. We need to listen to the word of the Lord in Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 3, because it says this, listen very carefully, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That's an important uh, passage there. The vision is yet for an, uh, an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Listen to what it says, though it tarries, wait for it. But then he goes on and he says, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It's almost like the writer almost catches himself, contradicting himself, but he's, he's trying to give us a truth. He says, you've got to come to this moment in your life when you receive a promise from God that you wait. Even though the vision is coming and you can't see it's coming and time is passing, it says you've got to learn to wait on it because the vision won't wait. It's like a contradiction in itself, but, but he's trying to teach us that there's an appointed time. There's a moment in our life if we'll just hang on and hold on and continue to believe the Father that even when time passes, if we're sensitive, we'll be ready when the vision is fulfilled. Simeon knew that you have to wait in time for a promise that will arrive on time. God's timetable is not ours. And so a lot of times we're waiting in time and we get impatient and we think that the vision's never going to come to pass and that we're never going to see the miracle and we're never going to see it come to pass. But that's in time and God is waiting for on time. If we're not careful, we allow ourselves to lose expectations because our answer doesn't come in our time when God is waiting on the fullness of time which means it's the right time. Even though we have to wait, the promise won't wait. And so this morning, I just want to encourage some of you because some of you 
have been given promises. You've been, been given promises of healing. Some of you have been given promises of provision. Some of you have been given words about restoration. And some of you have been given promises about how things are going to change. And we, 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 if we, we get those words, and many of you, I know some of your stories, some of you have powerful promises that have yet to come to pass. And if we're not careful, we begin with great expectations. But days elapse and months are marked off and years are, have clicked by. And if we're not careful, time dulls our sensitivity. And our expectation becomes a memory rather than a reality. We've got to make sure that our expectations remain a re reality in our life. And even when the calendar is ticked off and we think it's been two years since the promise or six years since the promise or two decades since we received that word in our life, we've got to hang on and recognize that we've got to keep that expectation a reality because we're waiting on the fullness of time. Just because time has passed doesn't mean that our promise has passed. We've got to hang on to every promise that we've been given. His word will come to pass. Scripture says that God is not a man that he should lie. His word will come to pass. His word never comes back void. It always produces fruit. We've got to hang on and remain sensitive so that we can participate and witness the fulfillment of the promise. Like Simeon, rather than allowing time to dull us, it must drive us to be more sensitive. We are simply one day closer to what we've been waiting on. Delayed? Yes. Denied? No. Promise canceled? No. Promise closer? Yes. We must simply stay sensitive so that we're on point and on time when the vision the promise is fulfilled. There's a second lesson that Simeon teaches us that I think is very important because not only must we remain sensitive, while time passes, we must also remain diligent. Simeon receives the promise, but in the time that lapsed between the promise and the expectation and the fulfillment, Scripture in one short phrase tells us that he continued to work. He showed up daily. He was devout. He showed up daily and took care of his duties. In other words, he worked while he waited. How many of us allow expectations to become an excuse for laziness or less than our best effort? Because we have a promise we will sit idly by waiting on one day and someday. But I would declare to you this morning that Simeon teaches us that while we are waiting... While we are holding on, we cannot allow time passing to become an excuse to be lazy. We've got to remain diligent. So, some of us have a promise of provision and we call in sick every day because we have a promise that God will come through. So I don't need to clock in because God will meet my needs. That's not what Simeon would teach us to do. Some of us have a word about healing, but we don't do the things the doctor says to do. The doctor says, go exercise. And instead we lay on the couch saying, but I've got a word that God's going to heal me. And we don't position ourselves appropriately to be healed. Or the doctor will say, cut that thing out of your diet. And we belly up to the buffet and we say, God, God gave me a word. I'm going to be healed. And we don't work while we wait. Some of us have a word from God that, that, that we are going to see restoration come in a relationship, but we refuse to sit down and meet with the counselor and do the hard work of improving because I've got a word from God. And Simeon would teach us that while you wait, 
you keep working. Some of us have a, a, a promise of favor, but we don't do the hard work of developing in the meantime. And Simeon's ex, expectation was met at work. In fact, I want to make a statement to you that, 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 that I think is powerful because what we recognize out of the account is that Simeon lived in a spirit of expectation and he still showed up and carried out his responsibilities. In fact, I want to say it to you like this and I want you to understand this powerful truth and that is this, is that rituals led to revelation as he was faithful to the rituals that he did on a regular basis. Revelation takes place because he continued to work. Our miracles often wrapped up in the mundane. It's the daily faithfulness, the daily diligence that leads us to the place of promise. We are, as a body, as a community here in Bethany, we are literally watching a modern day, firsthand, we are getting to watch a modern day example of what I'm talking about. As many of you know, we've talked about it on numerous occasions and have a sign out front to remind us to pray on a daily basis. Some of you are wearing the bracelets to be reminded on a daily basis. We are watching as a young man by the name of Hudson Halls who was injured in a football game, paralyzed from the chest down. We believe that he has a word from God. I believe it with all my heart. I've been corresponding with his dad on a regular basis to try to encourage him. I believe that they have received a word and a promise from God that Hudson is going to be restored. He's not just going to be healed. He's going to be restored. It's going to be like everything is brand new, like, like this never took place. It, it's going to take place. That is the miracle. That is the promise that we have. But I read his dad's blog on a daily basis, and what I've discovered is that we're watching a modern-day Simeon because even though he has a promise of restoration and healing, Hudson's not laying in a bed somewhere going, I'm going to be healed one day. Instead, what he's doing is every day he's going through therapy and he's going through physical challenges and he's taking advantage of the technology that's available and they're working him because I believe that what's going to take place is that his promise will very likely be met in the middle of hard work. And I think what he's shouting out to us as an example is the same thing that Simeon showed us is that even though you've got a promise, you can't stop working. Even though you have a vision that God has given you, that doesn't give you an excuse to sit down and to be lazy. We have to do our part. We have to continue to work. We have to continue to strive. We have to continue to do what God has called us to do. My question this morning is this, is, is there anybody watching that will say, I will keep grinding until I gain? Is there anybody that is watching who will put your head down and work while your head is up looking for the answer. It sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. We bow our heads and we work and we show up and we do what God has called us to do. And then at some moment in that, there's a transition that takes place and we get our answer. Is there anyone here that, that, that would watch this morning that would say this, I'm, I'm willing to lubricate the way for a miracle with elbow grease. That is exactly what Simeon did. That is exactly what Hudson is doing. That is exactly what we must do. So if you have a promise of healing this morning, you still got to do the hard work of doing what the doctor says. If you've got a, a, a word of promise that your marriage is going to be better than it is right now, then you've got to do the hard work and take the steps necessary. That does not give you the excuse to sit on the couch and veg out. You've got to show up daily and do the hard work to see that miracle come to pass. 
I, I recognize something in the account that I've never seen before. We read the account of how Mary uh, conceives Jesus. And, and interestingly enough, because God had made a promise to her, she gets to skip some steps. If you think about that a moment, before she ever consummates her marriage with Joseph, she becomes pregnant. She skipped some steps. And what we know is that when God gives us a word, when God gives us a vision, when God gives us a promise, there are occasions when he allows us to skip steps and we go past some things that we would have had to go through. And many of you have had some steps that you got to skip and you're further along. But I also recognize that even though she got to skip some steps, she had to carry the baby to full term. Just because Jesus was a promise from God, she didn't get to skip nine months of pregnancy, and she didn't get to skip the pain of childbirth. And although you have a promise from God this morning that may allow you to skip some things, the truth is, is that in the fullness of time, there are some moments that you are going to have to wait, and days may go by, and weeks may go by, and months may go by, and for some of you, years may go by, and for some of you, decades may go by, and you say, well, I got to skip all that other stuff, and now I'm positioned, but hang on, you're just carrying it for, to full term, and when the fullness of time comes, your answer will come. Simeon teaches us this morning that we cannot grow weary in waiting. We must remain sensitive and we must remain diligent. We have to keep our perception sharp so that when the promise arrives, even though it wasn't on my time frame, when my promise arrives, I have to be sensitive enough to perceive it. And at the same time, i got to keep doing what God's called me to do. You've got to keep doing what God has called you to do. Clock in every day. Go to work every day. Fight for better every day so that when the day comes and the promise comes, your work will give birth to a miracle. I want to pray for you this morning. I don't know what you're going through. For some of you, you're weary and waiting. For many of you, the promise that you received so long ago only seems like a distant memory and time is wearing on you. But I want to pray for you this morning and ask the Holy Spirit to cause you to gain strength and to bring that expectancy back to a reality in this moment in your life. Regardless of what the situation may look like, regardless of how much time has gone by, regardless of how impossible it may seem, God is not a man that he should lie. And if he gave you a promise, if you'll hang on and you'll keep working, the day will come. The promise will be fulfilled. Father, this morning, I pray over every person that's watching over the Internet in this moment. God, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know all the promises they've been given. I do know that time has a tendency to wear on us, to cause us to want to give up, to cause us to, 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 to not hold on. And I think, Father, this morning there are probably some folks watching that received a word about a relationship or maybe they received a word about provision. Maybe they received word about healing. And now, because days have gone by and it didn't happen when they thought it was going to happen, they feel like giving up. Last week, Father, we talked about what do we do when, when, when it doesn't happen like we thought it would happen. Now we're talking about what do we do when it, hap it doesn't happen when we thought it was going to happen. 
Father, there are many of us that have been waiting on healing for a long, long time. And we're tired. And it doesn't look like it's ever going to change. Father, there are many that are waiting on restoration. And now they're beginning to wonder if it's going to come to pass. Father, there are folks listening today that have even almost come to the place in their own spirit and mind where they've come to this place where they go, it's over. It's never going to change. This morning I pray, Father, that you would bring that expectancy back into their spirit. And I pray that in the name of Jesus right now they would begin to expect again. And I pray that that, that, that promise would not just be some distant memory, but it would become a reality again for them. And Father, I pray that they would be sensitive and they would be willing to wait and they would tarry and they would recognize that it may not be in their time, but on time, every time on time. You're always on time. You're never late. You'll show up. And I pray that they'd be in the right place at the right time. And Father, I pray that we would remain diligent. God, I pray over those that are watching that need to be healed this morning physically. I pray they would be diligent and they would go to work every day trying to get better. God, I pray for those that are watching that are struggling in a relationship. I pray that they wouldn't just veg out somewhere waiting on you to interrupt and intervene. Instead, they would go to work. They would put their head down, and they would go to counseling if they need to go to counseling. They'd read books. They'd do whatever they need to do. They'd get advice from people who are healthy in their relationship. They would do everything they can possibly do, trusting that if they work, the miracle will happen. Father, for those that need provision this morning, I pray for a supernatural breakthrough, but I pray that while we're waiting on that supernatural breakthrough, they'll clock in. They'll go to work. They'll use elbow grease. They would position themselves in the mundane for a miracle. And Father, we pray blessings as, as a body, as we expect great things from you. Going into 2016, we expect great things. I pray that as body, as a body and as individuals, you would allow us to be sensitive and diligent as we hold on for what you promised us. And Father, we'll give you praise for this. We'll give you glory for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning that if you've watched and anything that uh, I've said has touched you and maybe you need special prayer this morning, we have people as a part of our church, as a part of a prayer team that we send all of our prayer requests to and you can simply uh, send a Facebook message or email prayer at passionchurch.tv and we will forward that and we will say have people praying for those needs in particular. Or if maybe you just want to say, hey, what, what I heard today really touched me or blessed me, you can send that to us as well. Same address, prayer at passionchurch.tv, and we'll send the word out. We thank you for tuning in today, and we encourage you, as the new year starts, find a local church. We would love to have you here at Passion. We're at 3301 North Council uh, in Bethany, and we have two services. Uh, right now we're in our one-service holiday set for next week which would be at 10 a.m., but on January 10th, we go back to two services, 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., and then on Wednesdays, we have our young people, they take the whole building, the element meets at 7 o'clock for teenagers and college students, and we have a Hispanic service at 3 o'clock on Sundays, they're canceled today due to weather, but they'll be back next week, we just want to bless you, and thank you for joining us here at Passion today, may God richly bless you, hang on, be sensitive, go to work, and see what God will do, thanks for being here.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.